What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Take Control Podcast. You got Brandy here. It's Kim. Dario is not with us today. She's not feeling well. So send her some love and she will see y'all next time we record. Um, yep. Send her love, happiness, and prayers. Yes. Amen to that. How you doing, Kim? What's up? What's new? Um, You know, I'm all right. Adulting is ghetto, but, you know, we making it. We out here. Um, I honestly don't have anything new. Um, Just trying to tap back in spiritually with God and, you know carry myself that way and take myself that way because I just, you know, kind of put him on the back burner when I shouldn't have. So just kind of tapping back into that and seeing, you know, where my little flower blooms. Yeah. So nothing's going on with me. Uh, Don't have any updates. Uh, Life is good. I can't complain. Thanksgiving. I survived Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) It was a good uh, holiday. I took from last wednesday up until yesterday well last thursday up until yesterday i was off so from both jobs so i got an opportunity to uh relax that was really good um but yeah all is well i can't complain my um thanksgiving was a little weird other than like like i did a few things but this was like the first so my family who usually hosts they're all in apartments and they're acting like it's the most inconvenient thing on the planet i'm like you know 90 percent of america lives this way (laughs) They're like, oh, my God, my small kitchen table. And I was like, welcome to my life forever. Like, my house is still the size of, like, a large townhome apartment. So it's just funny to watch them post online, like, oh, our little little breakfast nook. And I'm like, everybody eats that way. But anyway, um, (laughs) they're moving and getting, like, two properties built, one for their daughter. Their daughter's buying it herself. But one for their daughter and then one for them on, like, the same piece of land. So they have, like, nowhere to host. But then I see these folks posting at her other daughter house that they went through a Thanksgiving anyway and didn't say nothing. <laughs> and I was like, this is the first time in my entire life that y'all just didn't even run it by somebody. And then my aunt going to text me like, hey, tomorrow night we're going to the zoo lights if you want to go. No, I have cool. plans, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you, next. So it was usually I would have done a lot more running around. But I saw my mom and then we saw Dion's family and then one of his friends. But. It was still a good Thanksgiving, but I was like, my family fake. Don't ask me about Christmas, beats. <laughs> I will not be there. Don't ask me shit. Oh, man. Any shout outs? Ooh, honestly, to God. Shout out to God. I do want to shout out um, my friend Sally because she came into town this weekend and kind of spoke some prophetic words into me. Shout out to Dion also. Him and her this weekend kind of really helped me get my mental health into check and get my, you know, get me back on track and realize that like, I'm not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And just Mm. to get on track and, you know, know that you have a support system too, and not just focus it all on Dion, but know that, you know, there's other people in this world that'll help you through it and talk to you. So yeah, those are my shout outs, I think for the week. Mm. Yeah. I just want to shout out to um, my friends. They made my birthday, which was Sunday, amazing i literally had nothing planned and they planned a whole day for me so i just want to thank them for everything like i literally cried all day sunday but it was tears Uh. of joy um i had a really great birthday so you know 33 be good to me because here we are period period um don't forget for sure for sure man um and i don't um 
Like, I don't feel weird about getting older. It feels good. good. It feels good. That's the thing is like, and Dion always says it. He's like, I don't understand why like people just don't age with grace and peace and why they're so worried about like, you know, like they hate getting older. And I'm like, I've always kind of thought that too. Like, I guess my family never really complained about it getting older. It was always like aging with grace and beauty mm-hmm. and stuff. Like now that my mom's 50 and she, you know, deals with people in her life that just speak down to her. She kind of questions like, am I cute? But she's never like, I hate my age. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's more so like you know, body image shit. But I think until I started working for a salon, I didn't realize how much women do to maintain. Because yeah. I didn't see that growing up. I never knew what Botox was. I never knew what... You know, like I've heard, I had heard about the lip injections because of Kylie Jenner, but I had never seen them up close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, moving your cheekbones and shit around. I didn't know that was a thing. Like mm-hmm. you can literally, I'm like, these are non-invasive surgeries that you can just be like, just kidding. Um, one of those, one of the girl was doing um, like chin sculpting and just literally like you stick something cool under there, some mess and like, I don't know. And I was like, and it literally changes the appearance. And I was like, oh, y'all like chasing youth yeah i'm like i had never seen but then again it's a lot of you know white people who obviously since the melanin is not there to keep their skin elastic they have to keep up earlier yeah but it just i mean growing up with a black mom i just never saw it yeah and then i never asked my dad's sisters what do you guys do yeah you know i just it just shocks me how much people do i never knew that was a thing but <laughs> i'm like age with beauty because it's theirs this yeah thank you listen you just gotta Drink your water, mind your business. Okay. And don't mind let your people stress you out. One. Okay. Don't let people stress you out. Man. So guys, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Our Instagram is Take Control Podcast. Our Facebook group is Take Control Podcast. And our Twitter is Take Control Pod. Um moving right along by the time you guys hear this episode is actually going to be december but we are currently recording in the month of november so we're going to take a moment to discuss november being men's mental health month um and there is a couple links that we found on instagram um to kind of talk about that let me get those pulled up give me one second Okay, so this post says men's mental health reminders. It is okay to talk about your feelings. It is okay to take a break. It is okay to make a mistake. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to not be okay. It is okay to go to therapy. It is okay to talk about your trouble. It is okay to cry and be vulnerable. Um, I feel like men are starting to tap in more me too. to their mental health, which really makes me happy. It really makes me smile because <clears throat> what I'm learning, and that maybe it's one of those things that just comes with age, is that people are really, really messed up. Yeah. Um, and I think I've said this on the show before, that a lot of men are messed up. Mm-hmm. At, you know, to some degree, not their fault. And to some degree it is because you got to do your work. But I love to see, like, there's a lot of men that I'm following that are starting to post more about mental health. That are starting to talk about Mm 
their mm-hmm. emotions that are t- starting to talk about how they feel and speak up on what they need. Right. Um, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. So I don't want to like stay on this too long, but men, I applaud y'all um, who, you know, the men who are out here doing the work and trying to get themselves together so that they can just be better for themselves, better for their families, better right. for their friends, uh, coworkers, you know, just in every space that they may inhabit. Um, so keep up the work. And if you haven't gone to therapy, I suggest that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, we support you guys 100%. Yeah. Men are very much taught to suppress, um, you know, emotions, feelings, all that type of thing. So they kind of grow up that way. They see, you know, men in their life, whether it's father, brother, cousin, friend, do this exact same thing. So they're learning from them. Um, and I tell people all the time, I say, you know, Everybody in this world has something wrong with them. People just never go to therapy so that they never find out what's wrong. Um, but I guarantee you, if everybody on this planet sat down with a therapist, you would be diagnosed with at least one thing. Even if it's something as small as anxiety, um, which anxiety is not small, trust me and believe. I'm first one, first one to talk about it. But everybody on this planet is not okay and it's fine to not be okay and people are made this planet focuses on this non-real version of perfect, especially in a man's world. Like men half the time don't even want to deal with women that cry. They don't want to deal with women that have emotional issues, emotional episodes. They don't want to deal with the emotion. It's easier for them to just be like, yeah, I'm just kind of coasting. You know, I'm just kind of coasting in this world of, you know, life is good. I'm going to stay here. Um, And I told myself that I would never be with somebody again that didn't talk about mental health no mental health, um, discuss mental health. So when I met Dion, one of the first things that we had talked about was mental health. Cause I was coming out of a depression with my grandma and it's what it made me flock to him. Cause instead of him being like, what the hell, this girl's in therapy and she got depression. He was like, wow, it's actually really good that you're getting a hold on it. And I was mm-hmm. like, marry me today. Cause a lot of people <laughs> will just kind of be like, Oh, do you want me to get you a cookie? What, what do you need from me? Do you need, you want me to get your favorite meal? Yeah. No nigga, I need support. Like yeah. I need somebody that, has gone through it, knows what I'm talking about and, you know, can help me and walk me through it and wants me to walk through it even spiritually. Yeah. Um, But men just aren't taught that they're, you know, taught to suppress. And I salute and applaud the ones that have, that were taught that, that aren't afraid to speak on it and be about it and then carry that on in their adulthood and then influence their friends to do the same thing. Yeah. So does it make you weak? Not at all. So just to throw out a couple of excuse me, statistics surrounding uh, men's mental health. Just a few numbers, and we've discussed this before on the show with Dr. Maria and a few other shows in the past. So 84 men a week take their own life. 75% of all suicides are male. Men are less likely to get help. Speak out. Talking saves lives. When Dr. Maria was on the show, um, she said that although I think... um, Women have a higher rate of attempted suicide, but men are more likely to see it through to completion um, and by more lethal measures. So you'll see like they'll shoot themselves, things like that. Um, Like I said, I just I know what we go through as women on an average day to day basis, just, you know, trying to carry so many different things at once wearing so many hats that I know that burden is just as heavy on men. So I can't say it enough. Talk to people, 
talk to people that you trust, find your safe spaces, inhabit those safe spaces, get help if you need help. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in saying that I can't manage all of this. I can't take care of all of this and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and just find your support group, people who love you and people who want the best for you. Yes, um, please. Yeah. And we love you. <laughs> love you so much. So much. Um, moving along to some social media craziness that we've seen over the last couple weeks. So Danny Lay and the baby. Um, did you see any of that? I did. It was it made me sad because I'm like, so many men will like take a woman to a, her breaking point and then try to embarrass her like he didn't do anything wrong. Like, and I see this all the time. Like, I don't even know how to explain this. So this is always how they talk about like how, you know, women have to go through like suffering after suffering um, before they're like appreciated and stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's done so much to in in entice her and I'm sure she's done her wrong too but so much to make her feel some type of way make her feel stupid make her look stupid and private and then put it online and he's literally sitting in a chair like I've never done anything wrong to her she walks around the house pacing throwing things at me like she's crazy and I'm like but what did you do what did you say because you are openly talking about her family knowing it's private to her knowing it's triggering her and you openly are on the internet like let's not even get started about her family bro She told you that in confidence. Now you're using it as a boastful way to attack her. And on the internet where billions of people see it. And it just made me sad and it made me want to cry for her because I've been in that position where the guy just, you know, gaslights you, speaks down on you, um, and just sits back perfect like, I didn't do anything to you. I didn't do this. This has nothing to do with me. You started this, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. And you're sitting there looking at the person like, bro, I'm not arguing with a wall. Yeah. Like you did this. So it made me sad for her that like, not only, cause obviously the same things that happen to us happen in celebrity world, they just get covered up. But it made me sad that he like put that on the internet and made her a problem. Literally there's a point where this man was pressing charges on her um, for like, what did he say? Like assault or something. And I was like, sir. So you're the victim the entire thing. You've never said one bad thing to her. You've never thrown anything at her. You've never abused her in any type of way. Because abuse is not always physical. Right. This is all just her, right? And I'm like, that just... And you know, everybody's still going to listen to his music. Just like Chris Brown slapped up Rihanna. We still listen to him. Yeah. And you know, people are still going to listen to, you know, the baby and support him. And I'm sitting here like, it just makes me sad. And I know this happens to men too. Like women can do the exact same thing. So this isn't a woman thing, but for their scenario, um, it just makes me sad that like people will be in two part relationships. And when they break up, it looks like one person was the problem. Yeah. Not, you know, I really have my faults in that relationship. And so did they, you know, and that's why we're not together. It's always like, no, they were an awful person. Like they were the worst person on the planet. Like I just, I couldn't do it. And people, well, what did you do? Nothing. Then why aren't y'all together? Yeah. Because they crazy? No. No. Yeah. Don't front. Yeah. I think what was troubling to me is that he claimed that he was doing all of this for his safety. But it's like, you don't have to put any of this on the internet. We didn't ask for any of this. We don't. And the thing about it is that the consumer, the people who see this, these things on Instagram, 
we couldn't care less. Right. Right. That's we all don't, for you. You know what I mean? It's, it's entertainment for us, for us to be distracted about how fucked up our life Right. Are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you're doing all of this in front of your three-month-old. I know. Like, that energy is going into her as we speak, as you guys are arguing back and forth. Right. What was sad was that the man's like, she's I've she's never been my girl. She's always been my side piece. Bro, we watched y'all. Right. Like, and you whole impregnated your side piece then, all dummy. All this time, like, posting with her while your other baby mom was going off on a tangent because you are crazy. Like, right, yeah. And, gaslighting her in that way you yep. know what i mean yeah and it's just really sad because she's a new mom she's probably experiencing postpartum right and this, you know yeah. what i mean and you and this happens not to say that she's without fault because of, again we don't know everything but it's just like it's like that entertainment that celebrity that lifestyle is almost a drug to some people because why would you want to put that on the internet i know and people flock to it and he want to claim safety but like you could have recorded that and then really sent it to the police not right us. you could have recorded and it you and you had a whole it. human sitting there that you are now trying to drag him in to gaslight her on top of it hey bro tell her that she was just this hey bro tell her she this hey bro you yeah. was here tell it's her so she this. crazy and like you said but people are still going to support him they're still going to yeah. purchase his music they're still going to watch they're still yeah. going to pay and he's very problematic yep as most people are but it's like what can you do right um very very unfortunate situation prayers to her prayers to that baby and prayers to him because he obviously yeah needs speaking help. of uh, <clears throat> mental health help sir, and therapy go to therapy please yeah so we have a post that says how to spot narcissistic abuse it gives a def excuse me the definition of narcissism. It says is an extreme self involvement to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them. I'm not gonna read all of this, y'all know mm -hmm. that's Dario's thing, so I'm just gonna <laughs> skim through this. But um, common traits of people with narcissistic behavior: sense of entitlement, need for adoration, uh, manipulative behavior, lack of empathy, and arrogance. Um. Narcissistic abuse says narcissists are often very charming and charismatic. This can lead to those around them letting their guards down and in some cases becoming easy targets for manipulation and abuse by the narcissist. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse and manipulation involving distorting the truth in order to instill doubt in another person to the point they question their own sanity or reality. Verbal abuse. Verbal abuse can impact every element of life and can prevent in nearly every relationship and can present, excuse me, in nearly every relationship dynamic. Verbal abuse has both short and long term consequences, including impacts on mental health. Manipulation. Manipulation tactics are generally utilized as a way to control another person. Signs of emotional manipulation can be subtle and are often hard to identify especially when they're happening to you. Emotional blackmail. Emotional blackmail occurs when an individual makes demands or threats to manipulate another person to get what they want. According to Dr. Susan Forward, a therapist who coined the term in her 1997 book, Emotional Blackmail, emotional blackmail progresses through six specific stages. Um, not going through all of these stages, but I will post this on the story. Withholding, 
A narcissistic, excuse me, a narcissistic abuser, abuser will often utilize withholding as a way of punishment. This can look like withholding money, withholding sex, withholding affection, withholding communication, isolation, isolation, abuse in the form or excuse me, abuse in the form of isolation can look like your abuser isolating you from relationships in your life, friends, family, limiting your access to support, convincing you that you do not need therapy or excuse me yeah that you do not need therapy and making you believe that they are the only person who loves and cares about you and then um it's just um a number you can text uh, letting you know that you're not alone if you need assistance again i will post this on the story um it's too much to read right now <laughs> mm -mm. um but yes i, uh, I think we've all experienced this in some form mm -hmm. with somebody um, so it's just something to be mindful of, pay attention to the signs. I think that the biggest thing that stands out for me is like the, a person comes off in the beginning as very charming, almost perfect in a way. And it's like those highs and lows, they bring you all the way to the top and then they drop you. Right. You know what I mean? And once you start to see that as a pattern, I think it's something to just be mindful of and you need to consider other options. I was having a conversation with my friend and her and I was just talking and I'm just like, I want to know what it is about women outside of the fact that we're just naturally nurturing people where we feel like our ability to make a decision is lost when we're in relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to have to go through all of these negative things to get to the other side of something. Right, yeah. And people will use it, the whole excuse like, well, you don't want to fight for nothing. You don't want to stick it out with nobody. You don't want to this. You don't want to do that. And I simply, like, I, I've i gotten to a place in my life where I've simply made the decision that I'm not going to. Right. Like, if I got to do all of that just to get to happy, right. this ain't it. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially when you're not tied to nobody. Right. It's different when you, you know, things are good and you have rough patches and you work through those rough patches. Right. But starting off like that with somebody, yeah, God, no. there's no way that I'm going to do that. Like if I could give one piece of advice to women, girls, my younger self, whomever, it's like you have the ability to decide you are not a victim. Yep. Make a decision and stand firm in your decision. Mm -hmm. Like if you know you don't want to be treated in such a way, don't be treated in such a way. There yeah. ain't enough love in the world. Because that's it's it's actually not love. You know what I mean? No, like yeah. to have somebody just mistreat you over and over again. Yeah. There's this girl now um that I know she's about nineteen years old. Um, the guy she's seeing is I wanna say twenty-three or four, and they started dating when she was in high school. Um, and at that point she didn't know how to set a standard. Then she gets around me and a lot of other people that are kind of uplifting her, like, do you, do you see the way that this man talks to you? Do you see the way that he treats you? And her excuse is like, cause she's 19 and her excuse is, well, yeah, we've been around each other for so long, or I didn't have a chance to make standards. Sometimes I don't like him. Sometimes I do like him. Um, but at one point she like was ready to leave, like leave the entire thing because I mean, he won't know we're in a room. And you can hear the way he talks to her either because he's FaceTiming her or the phone is so loud when it's to her ear. I mean, as simple as, hey, I'm about to get drinks with the girl. Are you fucking stupid? 
uh, I said I was getting drinks with the girls. Who the fuck do you think you are? And I'm like, is that normal? But to her, it is normal because it's like, well, this is the only dude I've ever been with. Like, this is normal. I'm like, no, it's not. Um, what else? Uh, I think her, her card broke down and he called her stupid. Like, I'm like, aren't you supposed to be the person that helps? Or tr- if you can't help, send her AAA, like, get her some help. Um, what is another incident? Just constantly verbally abusing. And I don't know if he's ever put his hands on her. I did hear that he threw something so hard at her once it almost broke her wrist. Like, and she stays in it and like was, I mean, left for like a week and was like right back in it. And I told her straight up, I was very frank with her because she's 19 years old. I said, when I left a relationship, I was not happy in. I said, I pretty much lived out of my car and bounced from house to house for four months. I said, and I was happy. I said, you're at the point now where, and she, I, I'm like, do you hear yourself speak? She's like, well, if I'm going to be miserable, I might as well be miserable with someone else or someone that I like or something like that. And I was like, that shouldn't be your mindset being in a relationship. I said, you need to get out. I said, but I know you're not going to, so I'm not going to preach at you. I said, it takes, it's on average, this is, this is a real statistic, seven times for somebody to leave a domestic um, relationship. Mm-hmm. And domestic is not always physical. It's the verbal abuse. And I told her, I said, I'm done preaching at you. I'm not talking to you about it anymore. And then she's repeating what the guy is saying. And she doesn't know that I know he's saying it. Cause another girl had told me the conversation that her and the boyfriend had had. And then the girlfriend comes in and she's like, well, you guys just haven't seen the good, the good of him. I've only told you the bad. And I cut her off and I said, stop repeating what he's saying. We see how he treats you. Cause he doesn't know we hear it. He doesn't know we're listening. He doesn't know we see it. I'm like, this isn't stuff that you're just telling us. Um, and then she said to me, she said something like, um, he's like really nice. Like if, if he would get down on one knee and tie my shoe and I'm like, you're literally repeating things that he's saying. And the day before you went back to him, he got into a fight with one of the girls and was trash talking you. And then you see him the next day and he's like, Oh, I love you. I'm sad. Help me. Sweetheart manipulation. But I told her straight up, I was frank with her. And I said, I can't, I said, I've been in this situation before. I've tried to help a friend in this situation before. People are not going to leave until they're ready. And I always pray it doesn't get to be the point where it's too late. Yeah. If he does start throwing things at you or if he hits you so hard because you weigh 90 pounds, no exaggeration, it knocks you out, you hit something, that's it. I pray that she, since she already attempted once, that she'll attempt those seven more times and finally get out of it. But I told her, I said, I've been in that situation before and it's not, I said, what kind of made me buck up is I don't want to be married to this. I don't want to have kids with this. I'm 20 years old. I'm leaving. And I did. Yeah. And it took me though, being like, bro, I'm good. Everybody else around me, look at me. His best friend came to me and sat me down and was like, bro, I know you saw the way he treats you and the way he was flirting with that girl in front of you. What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, but it's his best friend. 20 year old me. It's his friend. They're like friends. They're like cousins. And he was like, don't let him do that to you again, especially in front of me. And I'm like, you know, it's bad when your friend, when his friend come to you. Yeah. And my ass stayed in it for like a year and a half. It took me being like, bro, I'm really fucking cool on you. I don't yeah. want to be married to this and I don't want to have kids with it and be fucking stuck. So I don't know. It's, it's real. It's just a real cycle of just brokenness between men and women that I just really hope that we can fix. And I was telling this to Ashley the other day we were in the car talking and I was just saying like, I know that I can't change the world, Mm -hmm. but 
my world, the people who are closest to me, my homegirls that are closest to me, I'm going to always speak up and advocate for them and tell them yep. when I think that they're in a bad situation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Same with my guy friends. Like I I know, like I said, I can't impact the world, but I can impact a small group. And if that's just my people, then that's my people. Because right. they pay it forward. There's no like, <laughs> there's no reason that anybody should be treated like they're less than human. Yep. Like that football player that just got arrested a few weeks back for beating up his girlfriend in front of the new baby. Like I didn't see that. He literally punched her like she was a dude, threw her in a TV, threw her into a TV. The TV fell on her, body slammed her like all Bro. on camera. And it what was so troubling to me is because she literally, you could tell that this had happened before. Right. Like the way she reacted to it and she just kept saying like, "Please stop. Like stop." Like she wasn't, she wasn't screaming. Scared, she fearful. wasn't. Yeah, she's like, like it was wow. just like she was covering her face and just saying stop. Like she, you could tell that he had. She was just tired. You know what I mean? Oh. And it's just like they're talking about how this this guy is in all of these different organizations and has all these different programs and all of that. So it's like on the outside to the world, you look like a great guy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're beating up your girlfriend. That's how it goes. What happened to you in your life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what did you see what to make happened that you think to that's you fine? That you're that angry. Wow. Like, that you are that angry. Like, at her. Like, what did she. And that's the sad part. I can't even say that. If it's not her, it's going to be the next girl. So it literally starts, it's the root of the problem. Yeah. I've been reading this, this devotional. It talks about the weed. When you literally, like a garden, when you let a weed just root out and not take care of it, it takes over. Yeah. So what did he see? What happened to him for him to be like, fuck it? Because you know it's not going to be just her. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And again, I'm not pointing a finger at men because women do this all the time. So I also want to, you know, again, speak to men. If you are with a woman who verbally abuses you, who physically abuses you, just because you're a man, that's not okay. Yeah, it's not. Like, she needs help and you need to leave. Right, yeah. Because... it probably happens a lot, probably just as much as men abusing women, women mm-hmm. abuse men. You yep. know what I mean? And because men are told that they're supposed to be one way and society sees them as one way, they just think it's normal or right. that they can handle it or they're supposed to take that on. Mm-hmm. No, like no. it don't, it does not have to be like everybody, that. Everybody, and I've been trying to tell the the girl I'm talking about obviously everybody remains anonymous but I've been trying to tell her like everybody says I mean you do it to your friends you say mean things you shouldn't you apologize and that should be the end of it hey I apologize I'll never say it again and then you don't I'm like the difference is he apologizes to you and then the next hour does it again then he apologizes to you and then an hour later does it again I said it's the same guy that slashes all four of your tires and buys you brand new ones. Something's wrong with your car. I said, I guarantee you he did something to it. And now he's offering to buy you a new one. Because he very much, she works an hour away from their hometown. He hates her job. Has never stepped a foot in the job. Hates it because she's an hour away. She didn't have a license until October. And he hated it because now she has control to do what she wants. And I guarantee you he's like, oh, this girl got a license and then decided to literally leave me. And so now he's like, oh, I'm going to make sure this car, you know, doesn't run here, doesn't run there. But it's just dangerous. And you have to read the signs because some people look at that like, 
there's a thin line because some people will go, well, yeah, everybody says mean stuff. No, 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 no. There's a difference. Yeah. Because, you know, you call your sister a bitch, you call your sister a bitch, but you don't verbally abuse your sister. There's a difference. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't, you I, you can't even explain the difference. It's literally just about knowing what's okay and what isn't. Yeah. Like, you don't verbally abuse your partner by choice because you think it's funny and a control issue and a power issue. And that's what it is. I heard a little bit of background about this guy's family and his mom was the type, apparently, that would walk into his high school and, like, if he didn't make the varsity team, she would cuss out the entire staff until he was on the team. I said, oh, so this man thinks he's important already. Mm. And then you come into his life five years younger than him, and he's like, oh, bet. I can. This girl thinks I'm a king. I'm grown. She not. I can say what I want, when I want. And I'm just, it makes me sad because I'm looking at her like, girl, you are 19. <laughs> I promise this is not the end for you. And I, I'm frank with her. I said, good luck. And she ain't on no birth control. I said, good luck when you are pregnant and married to it. I said, you will never leave. Never. Then you've got a 25, you know, grand over your head dealing with this divorce and dealing with a kid. I'm like, you're not, if you don't want to leave now, I said, and I told her, I said, if you're going to stay with him, I said, this needs to be the standard. I said, number one, forget who told me this. I don't know if this was in, because we had a domestic violence um, girl that survived a shotgun wound come to our high school, and I never forgot the conversation. And I have a shit memory. But they say, if you don't shut something down once, you've just showed that person how they can treat you. And I said, if you're going to do this with this man, you need to handle it like that. This is your first time meeting. If you sit down with this man, he says one thing you don't like, get up and leave. I said, if you don't, there was no point in leaving. He's going to do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Then I told her, if you don't end up with him when you're going on dates, it's the same thing. I said, I was, I was dating in 2018 and didn't sleep with any of them, but they valued my time and me because they saw, check yourself. I'm not going to sit here through this. Like you said, if it's early on and you see that shit, I'm not going to sit here through this. Yeah. So then later down the line, like I had this guy and he would consistently try to take me out for years. And I always told him no, because his way of flirting was insulting me. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm not interested. I'm interested in a guy that literally worships the ground I walk on. But his way of flirting would be like, I don't know, it was just an insult about what I was wearing, the way that I looked, um, a comment that I had made. Um, I remember one time he sent me that stupid ass SpongeBob meme. You know, where SpongeBob's got like his mouth arrowed down and his hands are backwards. It's mm-hmm. that stupid up and down capitalized writing. I said something normal as fuck, probably like, well, what time do you want to meet there or something like that? And he sent SpongeBob back and was like, what time do you want to meet there? And I was like, that's not funny. Like, I don't think that's cute. I don't think that's funny. I was like, if you're just going to disrespect what I have to say and what I have to bring to the table, then I'm not interested. And I never went on a date with the guy. And he asked me about five times. And every single time it was an insult. I'm like, what the, what are you okay, bro? Imagine (laughs) being in a relationship with that. Yeah. So look out for them signs early. Yeah. All I got is be mindful. Just be mindful. Pay attention. Keep them, keep your eyes open. Right. That's it. So moving along. Um, I don't know if anybody has paid attention to the trial um, or is familiar, but Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17 year old kid who shot and killed Two people injured another one uh, last year during a peaceful protest. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but he was acquitted of all charges. 
last wow. week. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? For me, it's just, it goes right back to that where white people get deemed as mentally unstable. Yeah. And mentally not capable. I didn't know what they were doing. But then you have a 12-year-old black kid with a toy in a park. Yeah. And he doesn't even get a chance to be deemed mentally unstable. He gets a chance for nothing. He just is looked at as a harm with a toy in his hand. Um, And it just, I feel like this will never end. And I hate to be unhopeful and I hate to be that person. But it's just like people have, and I think we shared one of these on the podcast a while ago, but identical stories. Sometimes the white person's is a little bit worse by one fact. And they've gotten away with a lot more than black people have. And I'm just trying to figure out how and why. But it's because, I'll tell you one thing. White people know how to stay on top. They know how to stay in power. They know how to work the system. And to have somebody openly murder somebody, more than one person, on camera... Nobody says a damn thing. This guy's walking through the fucking city with a giant ass automatic rifle. And people are just like, hey, if that had been a black man step foot outside of his house with a rifle like that, he's shot down immediately before he makes it to the to the car. Yeah. So I just once again, I feel like it's just another excusable. But he's got the lawyers that, you know, mommy and daddy pay that go, oh, he wasn't OK. He wasn't mentally fine. Sweetheart, I'm not mentally fine, but I'm not walking around here shooting up Columbus. Yeah. And if I was, guess who's going to prison? This one. Yeah. So I just, I'm over it. And at this point, it's just becoming like a mockery. It's yeah. just showing people that they can continue to do what they want when they want based on their skin. Yeah. I was listening to um podcast earlier today and they were kind of breaking down the trial and what had happened. And... I'll be honest, I didn't. I knew what ha- I heard about it when it happened, was familiar with the, the kid um, just through news outlets, but I really didn't pay attention to the trial. I seen that the judge dropped the charge of him, an underage illegal firearm, carrying a fire a illegal firearm or something like that. But um, I think what's hard about this is that our human side of us um, always thinks, how would this have gone if he was black, right? Mm-hmm. So then that brings in like the whole racism conversation and the whole white supremacy conversation. But then when you look at the actual facts in the trial of what happened, it's kind of weird because what I gathered today was that he's the kind of kid who's like obsessed with police and military and all of that right but they said that during the protest before things got crazy he was out there telling people that he was like the peace police and was asking them did they need water were they okay were they doing this where they were doing that um this was actually eyewitness testimony and so the first guy that he got into it with there was an altercation and um they they brought up the guy's mental health, the person that he shot because he was bipolar. Mm-hmm. And because of the protests that were happening out there, the pharmacy was closed. So he was bipolar, not on his medication, and attacked him first. 
and he shot him. The second guy then came and hit him, Kyle, with a skateboard. And that resulted in him getting shot. The third guy, he said that he did have a gun. The third guy had a gun. There was an exchange. He didn't necess- he, he didn't point the gun at him. He kind of was waving it around. But the one time he aimed in his direction, that's when Kyle shot him. He shot him in the arm. I don't think he has full use of his arm anymore. So if you look at it from a legal perspective, mm-hmm. they couldn't prove without a shadow of a doubt that he went there to kill anybody, right? But the bigger issue is, I think it's a state where you can open carry, mm-hmm. right? And so what they were talking about in the podcast is like, we know that the law is set up to not protect us. And and not even so much to get into that because the people that he killed weren't even black. But we know that the law is set up in a way where it doesn't protect us but then you start to look at gun laws. You know what I mean? Like the bigger issue is gun laws right. here because that if they change gun laws, then there's a shift in power. Right. You know, because the NRA, they support political campaigns, which is why they have these judges, these lawyers, these politicians in their back pocket because they're supporting these campaigns. So it's just a system of like, it's rigged in such a way where like we can't get out of it. We right. can't get out of it. Like, and it, I hate to sound hopeless, but that's kind of where I'm at because like I said, it brings you back to if this was a black man out there with a shotgun, he probably would have been killed before he even had an opportunity to right. step out of his car. And the whole idea that the, the gun charge was dropped is what caused all of the the rest of the charges it's for it to be an acquittal at the end of the day, because the one thing that he did break the law on was the gun. Like by the letter of the law, it's like the barrel of the gun that he had had to be a certain length for it not to be considered illegal. And he was over the length, but somehow the judge still dropped the charge, but you know, a white man, we get it. So it's just like, it's so crazy. And that's why I go back to saying like, we got to get our kids in, politics we got to get them invested in the law we got to get them in other areas outside of sports right to impact and make real change yeah that's wow and then he goes and does a press tour and says that he's in support of black lives matter you know what i mean which i think that's just like (laughs) everybody stay off my back because i'm white and like I said, it's crazy because if this was a black man, we know that this situation would have been yeah, it would totally be completely different. different. Like all those facts alone, it still would have been like, yeah, but he killed somebody. Yeah, but he brought a weapon out. Yeah, but he was, exactly. he was a threat. Yeah, but this. But we look at his and we go, oh, well, let's just give him grace because it wasn't his intention. If that was a black man, oh, he had every intention. I literally seen an article today where a kid, I think it was in Florida, 17-year-old kid or 16-year-old kid football player stole a car, took the police on a 20-mile chase, and died in police custody. He went from Broward County to Miami-Dade, took the the police officers on a chase from Broward from one county to the other. Eyewitnesses said when they got, when he finally stopped and they got him out the car, they beat him up so bad, kicking him in the head, kicking him everywhere. And took him in and the boy died in police custody. You hear stories like that and you think like, how... Could you walk? How could how how could this white kid walk around with a shotgun, kill two people, injure yeah. one, 
and he's acquitted of all charges. You still a car. Right. And that, that was your life. And now you're dead. And the police don't get charged at all. Like, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, how do we get from, I'm a police officer. I'm here to uphold the law. If someone breaks the law, my job is to arrest them and take them to jail. How do we go from that to, I'm going to beat the life out of somebody. Full-blown murder. I'm going to literally shoot and kill someone who is not an immediate threat. Yep. We were um, watching, Dion and I were watching that King Richard show. Mm. And I knew exactly, or a movie, I knew exactly what scene they were playing when I saw Will Smith looking at, Will Smith and his family looking at the TV, shaking their head. And Dion is so bad at guessing what happens in a movie. He's like always wrong. He was like, watch, they, somebody else probably got a scholarship. I said, no, I know exactly what the scene is. I said, it's the first time they ever caught on camera a black man being beaten in LA by the cops. Yeah. Turned it around, it was. I said that moment made history because finally it was on camera and the mom literally was like, well, at least, at least somebody recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're at a point where, I mean, in the 80s, 90s, God, thank God somebody recorded it. Now we're like, what the fuck? Another recording of somebody getting beaten. Yeah. Another report of somebody getting beaten. And it's like the guy took a car and ran you guys on a chase. Yeah. You could have just pepper sprayed Buddy, put him in the car. Yeah. Like, he gonna fall to his knees anyway with pepper spray. Like, you can't fucking see, so you walking around like this. Like, I don't know. I just... That's why I say I try to give grace for it, but I really just... I literally don't have any because, I mean, these are innocent people that... Like I said, the little kid that gets his life taken for being in a park. Um, And I still think about Sandra Bland's case. That photo of her, of her supposedly standing up when her shoulders are up to her fucking ears like she's laying down. Well, I will never forget that. And then being like, well, she died in police custody. She just, she hung herself or whatever the story was. And I was like, and then somebody was like, look at her photo when she's standing. It has an, it's like an image of her laying down. Yeah. But they uprighted it and opened her eyes. And I was like, this, like it's anything. And that's why I said, white people know how to stay in power. And this is from me seeing it firsthand. White people know how to stay in power. They know how to create power and they know how to keep it. Like literally from generation to generation to businessman to businessman, like power is business for white people. That's what it is. The term power literally is a business for them. Power for us means, oh, we come from a long lineage of great people and we stand tall and we have power. Theirs is a business. Oh no, we stay in charge and make sure we stay in charge and we'll be good to go. You know how many times I hear that black people marry, or I'm sorry, white people marry for business purposes more than anything else. And that's why their community marries more. And then black people are like, no, fuck you. I'm trying to find love. Like, yeah. I'm trying to find somebody to hold me down. Like, that's my man. <laughs> and then white people were like, oh, no, like we dated in high school and like our parents are rich and they're going to give us the estate and we're married. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah. It's it it runs super deep. That's why yeah. like a lot of the times when stuff happens now, I have to tune it out. Like I said, after um last year with George Floyd, I realized that like my mental health can't I, I can't take it. So I I kinda stay out the mix with certain things and like my I was talking to somebody about the Ma Aubrey trial and I'm just like we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I I don't know. And that's what was sad to me is like they dead ass just like 
the guy was taking a jog and you're that mad that there's a black man by your house. Like, and you just fuck with him until the point where he like, like, cause one thing antagonizing him for weeks and then they finally just roll up on him and like, they're like, fuck it. Today's the day. Yeah. I was listening to like a clip of like the court proceedings and they were, um, speaking to the dad or whomever. And he was trying to say that he was in fear for his life because they were tussling. Sir, you chased this man down again with a shotgun. Yeah, but say with a gun. With an aggressor. Was he not supposed to defend himself? Right. And he was like, he I felt threatened. You were the aggressor. Right. You rolled up on Buddy taking a jog. So then the brother, the lawyer speaking to the brother or, or the son, and she's like, did he approach you? No. Did he yell at you? No. Did he attack you? No. Did he do whatever? And literally every single question he said no. The last thing he said was he was just running. Bitch. This, that literally feels like a slave running from his master. And the guy goes up and like handles it. That's what the fucking, that's what that is. <laughs> like. I, that's what I I'm saying. It's. This this kid walks around with a weapon, and we've got people dying innocently in parks, dying from taking jogs, and then some guy steals a car and dies. Sandra was sitting at a fucking traffic stop. Like, I forget the guy's name, and forgive me, but the guy that got shot in front of his wife and kids. Philando Castile. Like, at a traffic stop. Like, and it's sad to me because you wake up that morning and make plans for the night, plans for the weekend, plans for the next year. Not to know that's your last day because you decided to get behind the wheel. I just. It's too much. That's what I'm saying. People and people act like this shit is not real and. You know, act controversial about it. And I'm like, it's in your fucking face. If the roles were switched and black people were screaming about. Well, we're not in the wrong. We're not in the wrong. And white people were getting shot down. We'd all be wrong. But because the roles aren't switched, there's validity in what y'all have to say. No, there's not. Fuck. Yeah. Um, Dario added a link to um, an Instagram post that says, what to say when someone says. And it's a text thread. I'll probably throw this on the story, too, because it's a few of them. I'm going to just read the first one. Um, So it looks like a text conversation between two people and someone says the Kyle Rittenhouse case has nothing to do with white supremacy. The people he killed were white. The response says white supremacy is what brought him out to the streets of Kenosha that night. White supremacy is him not getting shot or even apprehended by police after he shot three people who were protesting against white supremacy. Killing two of them on the street in front of the police. White supremacy is being granted bail at all. White supremacy is the media treating him as a misguided young man. <laughs> White supremacy is the fact that he was lauded as a hero and offered internships by elected leaders before his trial was even over. White supremacy is never having to face consequences for his actions. White supremacy built the system in this country that protects and benefits white men like Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep. And that is actually that on that. (laughs) I'm like, that's enough right there. Shit. Yeah. It's really nothing else to say about that. 
Um, so moving along, this is a tweet and this is just going to be like an opinion conversation between Kim and I, um, the major tweet says, I think depression is a choice. Just my opinion. The response to the tweet says, I think it's a choice, but I do think at times it can be avoided. I, excuse me. I don't think it's a choice, but I do think at times it can be avoided. What's your thoughts? Coming from a professional, just (laughs) kidding, but I do, this is information from a professional. Um, let me go in my notes real quick. Um, and this was said to me um, back in May. So obviously I didn't go ask her about this. So y'all know it's valid. Um, here's why I do not think it's a choice because I was told that by a professional. Like I don't wake up and go, I think I'm going to be depressed today. Now, can I recognize signs that put me there? Yes. If I know that I'm having a hard day, and day two is hard. I need to do something by day three to, you know, try to knock it out. Mm-hmm. But do I wake up and decide, well, fuck today? No. Um, depression happens. There's nothing, anything. There's not, you didn't do anything to cause the depression. Nobody around you did anything to cause the depression. Um, the people around you are not not doing enough to c- cause or not cause your depression. And same thing with yourself. Um, they just happen when you are known to have depressive episodes before. Um, They're hard to understand by others. If you haven't gone through it, Um, there literally can be nothing wrong with you, but you try to find pressure to explain or find a meaning as to what's wrong when you really just might be depressed. Cause people are looking at you like, what the fuck is your problem? And you're like, I don't know. My socks are backwards. No, there's nothing wrong with you, but you feel like you have to explain it. Um, People around you are going to want to fix it, but they can't fix it because they haven't done anything wrong and it's not their responsibility to. Um, You have to focus on what you can and can't control. Um, It's difficult to change and adjust even even to positive changes. Um, Sometimes you're in a mode where you're waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, Do you feel like you can't trust people at times? You can't trust that things are going to get better. Um, some past experience makes it difficult to trust situations that seem like they're, you know, everything's all good. Um, you get overwhelmed, um, and it becomes too much. Even if, um, hold on. I think I butchered this one. You feel overwhelmed and you feel like things around you are too much. And a lot of things take a lot of energy to to do them. Like it may sound stupid, but getting off of the couch sometimes is like, what the fuck? I have to walk upstairs Yeah, or what the fuck? I have to put water in a cup. Um, make sure people around you don't keep pushing you and asking you what's wrong. That's why it's important to make people aware. I know it's embarrassing sometimes because I've gone through the embarrassment and feeling like I didn't want to be judged, but it's important for people around you to know what you're dealing with. So then they give you grace and then it doesn't become worse because now you have a bunch of people yelling at you because you haven't told them what's wrong with you. So then you're now and you're in a lower place. Um, let's see. Um, having supportive people, keeping supportive atmosphere and activities, um, making sure that your positivity tank, that's a quote, positivity tank um, is high per se and making sure people around you is as well. Um, let's see. I think that might be it. Um, yeah. And then having honest conversations and honest communication about what's going on in your life. Um, and then things to make all of that better. Also, um, increasing your positive sense of self, 
practice factors that impact your mood, or I mean, sorry, process factors that impact your mood. So if you know, like I said, if you notice that like, oh, I'm really down today, I'm down again, try to figure out in what those two days, if there's anything that affected your mood, um, do two to three self-care practices and three to five coping strategies. That was a lot. So if you need to run this back and write it down or something, feel free to do so or reach out to our page and I'll, I'll help you with it. But yeah. Um, for me and I want to make sure I tread lightly when I say this, um, I think that there is levels. Like I think that people can experience bouts of depression and then I think you have clinical Mm -hmm. depression. I think when you get to a place of when you're clinically diagnosed as having a depressive disorder, that is not something that you can control. It's not a choice. There's a chemical imbalance there. So physically, scientifically, you can't control that. You know what I mean? I do think that people experience bouts of depression to a degree where it's not as extreme. And I do think that you do have the capability to decide if you want to stay in that depressive state or if you can pull yourself out of it, especially if you're able to recognize like I feel depressed this week or today. Uh, I think that you, you are able at that point to decide like, okay, I'm going to acknowledge it sit with it and move on. Right. Um, or you can say, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to remain stuck. Yeah. In but this. Don't do that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I think it's, like I said, I think it's levels to it. I'm not trained. So don't take my word for any of that. But <laughs> I do believe that there's a difference between someone who experiences bouts of depression and someone who is clinically depressed. I will agree with you though, even for, clinically depressed and this is me speaking from having this i agree with you in the sense of when i recognize them i can choose to get out of them Mm -hmm. um and that's why i'm saying it's it's not a choice when it happens but you can choose to be like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna sulk got you um and i've been that way like literally like when my grandma was sick i was like yeah fuck it like until she's better every day i'm coming home and i would literally lay in the dark I wasn't showering. I wasn't even eating. I would lay in the dark for like hours by choice. Yeah. I could have turned on the TV. I could have got the fuck up and made popcorn. I could have, you know, did something. But I would just lay there with my phone just kind of sitting up in case somebody called or texted and would literally just lay there. And that was a choice. And now that I'm a year later, literally a year later, I have now recognized, especially through help through therapy, if they last longer than a day or two at this point, it's a choice or you need help. Um, and like I said, that sounds, you know, harsh or whatever, easier to say than to actually do. Cause like I said, sometimes it really is like the idea of getting up to give yourself a glass of water is the most inconvenient thing you can imagine. And it sounds stupid. Cause some people are like the walk to the kitchen is five feet and you're like, yes, but I have to get off this couch. Yeah. So But then again, I'm still choosing to be like, bro, fuck it. I don't want that water. I'll just be dehydrated. It's fine. And then the other part of me is like, get the fuck up, bro. Yeah. So I I will say clinically, for me anyway, because everybody's depression looks different, I still can make the choice if I'm in a long-term, you know, lumber. I'm making the choice eventually to just stay here because it's quote-unquote easy. Yeah. It's easy to not get up. It's easy to not eat. It's easy to not care. You know, but it's like, no, get up and make the effort. Now it's time. 
Okay, y'all. So Christmas is approaching. <laughs> New Year's Eve is approaching. We got some holiday rules coming from Justin LaBoy. Oh, my God. I still call him L.A. boy. <laughs> still. I remember when I finally figured it out. I was like, I have to call Kim. Justin L.A. boy. I still say L.A. boy. That's I thought fine. it was. Yeah, I definitely thought it was Justin L.A. Just in L.A. Oh, my boy. God. No, yeah. I at least thought his name was Justin. No, I. And he was an L.A. boy, not just. <laughs> oh, shoot. I didn't know you had, you broke it down. Yeah, broke I it literally down. broke it down. Okay. It's so crazy. But okay, he has a post that says holiday rules. You can't bring a bottle to somebody's house and then take it when you leave. That's ghetto. Lies. Respectfully. Lies. I'm taking it. <laughs> Full disclosure. If it's not done and at the end, it's the end of the night, it's the end of the party, I'm taking it. Although I did leave my wine last Friday, but that was truly an accident because nobody even opened it. I would have taken it home. But More no. than likely, I'm going to leave it just because I'm not a huge drinker like that. No. And I'm probably bringing it for the party. Um, but if you take your bottle back, you pay for it. What okay. They, and don't let, don't let it be my fate. Don't <laughs> let me know Oliver and seven daughters. Which that's coming home. I hope one person takes a glass because the rest is mine. Or I've actually done this before. I will purposely, intentionally pour myself up like 90% of the bottle. And be like, if anybody wants the rest of this, because then I'm like, oh, I got, I got mine. I ain't tripping. Here you go. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not even trying to be funny and don't let it be a big ass bottle of Hennessy. That John, that John is coming home. Sorry <laughs> to y'all. Call me get if you want to. Okay, y'all. So we got two more things to talk about and then we're done. Um, I don't know if you guys seen this on social media, but it was, um, all over Instagram last week. So Tammy Roman from Basketball Wives, if you guys are familiar, um, said that she is going to give her husband permission to have a baby with another woman. I'm going to let the video play for you guys. Career is starting to do and reward Mm. me for all of my efforts and the time that I've been in this business. And a baby for me right now would just not be the thing to do. So what I offered him was an opportunity for us to take a break for a year or two and let him go find someone to have a child with. Stop it. And then when he has his baby, we could get back together. You would genuinely be okay with that. Hold on. So you're giving him permission. So what happens, let's say he follows through and Mm -hmm. has this baby. Do you help raise the baby? I would I would help raise the baby. It's just I don't want to have it. I don't want to go get my eggs and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it's really more wow, about him being so able forward. to have his legacy here because he's the he's an only child. And he doesn't have children. And he does not have any children. So it's wow. really more for him than it is. Yeah, I feel like I'm at a point where my I'm gonna need you to speak on this first. I'm curious of <laughs> what Brandy gotta say. Um, initially I'm like, okay, she has to, she had to say something that was going to grab attention. So media, because my thing is, is okay. You don't want to carry the baby. You don't want to deliver the baby, but you're willing to help raise a baby and take care of the baby. So why don't you get a surrogate? That was my thought. You could just get a surrogate, right? Um, I don't, I feel like you are. 
inviting trouble into your marriage by telling your husband that he can take a break Mm -hmm. from you or y'all can take a break from each other for one or two years while he finds a woman that he gets to know that he may enjoy spending time with enough to have a a baby baby with um right idea wrong bitch yeah it it (laughs) didn't really make sense to me um not something that i would do but i do think that we live in a time where people are saying I can have the kid. I can have the family. I can have this life without these traditional ways of doing it. Right. Um, So if it works for you, cool. From what I got from looking at it a little bit was that he doesn't want to do that. This is her idea. Um, I think another thing that people confuse is that legacy doesn't necessarily mean having a child. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which I think goes back to the whole conversation about not pressuring women into motherhood. You know what I mean? My legacy can live through the work that I do, the lives that I impact. I don't necessarily have to birth out a child for my legacy to live on. Yep. Um, so yeah, a little weird to me, not again, I, but. Like I said, I don't ever reference myself as a bitch, but right idea and wrong bitch. I wish the fuck (laughs) Dion would. I wish the fuck I would ever suggest to Dion to go impregnate somebody and then be like, hey, personally, I don't even believe in breaks. I feel like if you gonna take that break, sayonara. I don't, he ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. That's a personal opinion. If a break worked for you in your relationship, congrats. I do not believe in that. Now, space, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'll see you in a week. That makes sense. But like being like straight up, oh, we gonna take this break. Good luck. Good luck if it come back around. Guess who's not waiting around? Yeah. This one right here. Okay. Now, if we make a different agreement, good to know. Cool. We still together. You just need your space because you're dealing with some shit. Say the fuck less. I'll be over here with your wine when you get back, babe. Yeah. But that break shit can kiss my ass. And uh, personally for me, if this is my husband, there's a reason I married you to have our family or not. Like you said, legacy could be our business, our dogs, our other family. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, personally- if I'm going to marry you and get you the rest of my life and give my body to you and this baby, and you, you ain't going nowhere else with that one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, whatever works for them. I <laughs> I got nothing. Um, okay, so last question um, for us to talk about. Would you be offended if your man asked you not to make his plate because he wanted his mom to make it? No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Fuck. No. I guess it's I guess I'm looking at my my situation though. I would not be weirded out because Dion's not like one of those like mama's boys that's like, mommy, can you please fix my plate? But if she just wanted to do it to do it, I'm be like, okay, cool. I ain't gotta get up. That's that's fine. Same. Yeah, I'm just my situation, no. I'm like, that's cool because he's not like a kiss ass to his mom. Yeah. He takes very good care of her, but he's not like, Mommy, should I wear these socks today? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i wouldn't be offended um i also think that like he would just probably make his own plate like right yeah like they're grown enough to get up like yeah Dion doesn't really expect me to like i don't know because i think i'm naturally a catering woman that even if i didn't he wouldn't be like what the fuck why didn't you get me my plate or my pop i would just naturally be like hey you need something to eat you want right. something to eat so I don't, I don't know but yeah i'm not gonna get offended the fuck weird did we have a listener question um, yeah, I forgot, so I added it. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is a question from a listener. Or whatever. 
<laughs> um, I think it was posed as, um, why will women hold down somebody in prison, but not hold somebody down that's taking a job in a different state or country? And I guess they want a women perspective because obviously we were a woman podcast. I said for me personally, I said, I'm not even trying to be funny. Shorty might not be the one for you if you're going to prison. The reason I would be more inclined and likely to hold you down if you're going to take a job in a different state or country is you're working towards something better for you. You're working towards a goal. It could be your dream job. And then, hey, I get to come out there too. Vacation, what's up? Um, but somebody in jail, now you know you was fooling around. You know you was fooling around. I ain't trying to be funny. If Dion went to jail, I'm going to wait. But you know you was fooling <laughs> I'll wait for that man day. Anyway, you know you was fooling around, bro. Like, you got caught up in the streets. Leave me alone. But if you out here doing your job and you getting shit done and, you know, I'm I'm coming out for vacations. We having a good time. Shit is sweet. I would I would wait. Uh, again, I'm probably not the person to ask, but I can't <laughs> see me really. I'm not I, I'm not going to hold somebody down that's in jail. Um, <laughs> like if we. Uh, that's a little tricky too, cause like, let's say it's some like some wild shit, like you just out here selling drugs or something like that, or whatever the case may be. I'm probably not even gonna date you, right? Me I do either. think the how we got to jail part matters, cause like if you go to jail cause you like defended somebody who was trying to murder me and you murdered them, right? Then realistic conversation about expectations, because one, how long you about to be on jail, and then like, right? How long am I supposed to wait? Um. So I just try to stay away from situations where you know, like, it's going to probably end up somebody's going to jail. Yep. Um, dating someone who takes a job out of state or out of the country is probably also not... Not for you. Not for me. Um, hmm. I think that's another realistic conversation about expectations. How long are you going to be here? Do you want me to come and join you at some point? Right. What does that look like? How often will we see each other? So. Right. I'm not inclined to hold any nigga down, but <laughs> yeah, I'm. I need the. Sorry. I don't. I don't mind. I need the ground rules, and I feel this way just because um, of Dion's job. Like he's he's back and forth. Like he would yeah. permanently. Now I don't know about permanent. If it's a permanent move, we can get engaged. And, you know, I'm gonna come with you. If it's a permanent move, like I would like to go with the person as long as I know there's a talk of you know future long term marriage. Um. Now, if I'm dating somebody for four months and they're like, hey, I'm moving to Florida, <laughs> enjoy, player. Maybe invite me down for a vacation or two. I don't know. But I think being with Dion and knowing who he is, I know he's not there full time. Yeah. And like it would be a nice place, you know, for me to go vacation to wherever he ends up. Yeah. Um, But now long term distance, sis might struggle with that one just because she she very much likes her person. Yeah. Next to her a lot. Um. But yeah, I guess I guess that's it. All right, guys. Well, again, you can follow us on Instagram at Take Control Podcast. Our Facebook group is Take Control Podcast, and our Insta- or our Twitter, excuse me, <laughs> is Take Control Pod. Um, I won't say see you in two weeks because we don't know, but right. <laughs> we will see you when we see you. And Dario will be back. Uh, we love you as always, and thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.